Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's Podcast. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 158, top five movies of 1983. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm John. I'm Shannon. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, uh, we're back to doing the movies from the 1980s. And to join us for this episode, once again, the man himself who was able to capture and totally encapsulate the Bo Jackson of podcasting, (laughs) Mr. Chris Haywood. (laughs) Bo Jackson of podcasting. Yes. Uh, you obviously when are when this one's over, you're going to unchain my leg, right? <laughs> I, I can go home after this one, right? Right. Yes. After this one, you... I, I can get out of the basement and go home because it's cold in your basement. <laughs> you know, you, you guys don't feed me very much. It could be worse. You could be in Robert's house, which uh, you have no contact with the outside world. So. <laughs> well, you do in spurts, and then you got to go play soccer at right. <laughs> oh dark, Ten. oh dark hundred at night. Come on, man. These adults playing soccer over in the middle of the night. That's uh. So Robert is not joining us. He was supposed to, but he ended up not being able to make it because he was playing soccer at 1020 at night or something crazy like that. Um, Maybe it's a euphemism. Yeah. Well, Baseball. Well, we decided he's in the Albino League or the Vampire League. It's one of the two. <laughs> so. Must be an offshoot of the Polar Bear Club. Yes. You know, those guys that go swimming in the middle of the winter. These are the guys out in shorts playing soccer in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's very invigorating. I, I think he's playing indoor. <laughs> That's what they usually are doing this time of night. Nah. It, yeah, yeah. But, Where's but the fun Chris, in that? Chris was kind enough to join us, and so his list will, I'm sure, uh, take uh, take Roberts. Yes. And, and yeah. I, it, yes, looking forward to hearing hearing uh, hearing what you got. Yeah, so. Yes, I actually have a list typed in everything sitting in front of me on my computer. Very nice, very nice. So in, in true fashion of this um, – uh, I assume we can just keep following the way we've been doing it, which is uh, we're going to go from five to one, a round robin style thing. And if 
someone mentions a movie that's on your list, you don't need to mention that it's on your list until you get to that point on your list. Uh, you're certainly welcome to talk about the movie and all that type of stuff, but uh, you can you can reveal it if you want to, or you can just save it till you get to that point in your list and then talk about it if you want to. It's it's, it's however you want to run it. So we're totally throwing caution to the wind. Uh, <laughs> um, and we will we will then once we get through our top fives we'll talk about some honorable mentions or at least just talk about other movies that came out in 1983 so Shannon you were so eager for this one why don't you, why, <laughs> why, don't you kick, <laughs> why don't you kick us off with your number five uh, well I guess kind of picking up on what we were talking about in the last episode uh, with the, the greatness that is Chuck Norris Number five for me is Lone Wolf McQuaid. Nice. Um, and it, and isn't that the one where they like bury his uh, blazer in the dirt and he drives it out of the dirt? Uh, I believe so. It's been yeah. a while since I, I've seen. <laughs> I had a blazer when I was in high school. That was like the car I learned how to drive in. Okay. And so I thought I thought I was a badass because I was like, you know, if you bury me in dirt, <laughs> I can drive out of it because I'm in a blazer. You sir, are no Chuck Norris. Piss <laughs> off. <laughs> You're Bo Jackson. You're Bo Jackson. <laughs> I'm, I'm just as hairy. <laughs> that is true. We have proof of it now. <laughs> it's true too. <laughs> uh, so, anything else you wanted to say? Like any memories of the movie or anything like that, or besides the it's, laser? <laughs> Chuck Norris, man. No. What more do you need to say? I vaguely remember this one. Um, I put it. It's in my honorable mentions because a lot of these movies. I vaguely remember because a lot of his movies, if it's not a war movie, they kind of run together. They're very similar themes. It's him kicking the crap out of people with karate and being a badass. Yeah, like which a, is like a good Steve thing. Seagal movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Steven Seagal or Charles Bronson with yeah. you know with his movies where he's carrying a gun. It's like, oh, he's gonna go shoot bad guys. Okay, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all it needs, yeah. right? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead next? What's your number five? My number five was an oddball little movie called Strange Brew. Ah. With uh, the uh, – it was Rick Moranis and I forget the other guy's name. Two Canadian losers who go to work for who go to work for a brewery. Yeah. And it, keeping in long lines with this show, they did make a Star Wars reference when they were both dressed in hockey gear. And one of them was dressed in black and one of them was dressed in white. And he's like, I'm your father, eh? Surrender to the dark side, you knob. <laughs> so nice. – it is a good movie. It is a very good movie. Um, uh, John, what's your number five? My number five is a little movie called Going Berserk. I don't know if I know this John, one. It, 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 it is a – I think it's in the SCTV realm kind of thing. So it's John Candy and Eugene Levy. Uh, they <coughs> John Candy plays a chauffeur who is going to marry – uh, Allie Mills, who was the mom on Wonder Years, uh-huh. and her dad is Pat Hingle, who was Commissioner Gordon in the first Batman movie, or in the 89 Batman movie. Anyway, they're going to get married, but Eugene Levy plays this sleazy director who's blackmailing this blackmailing to be able to film the wedding. There's a whole subplot where a cult leader who has Dixie Carter as his jazzercise instructor, they hypnotize John Candy to kill Pat Hingle. The movie is awesome. <laughs> it is, it is, it is, it, it's called Going Berserk is a great name. It is just a silly, silly movie. Um, 
a lot of people are not familiar with it. I found it years ago, just some random chance. I happened to see it on TV. I thought it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen, and I didn't know what it was called. I caught like I caught maybe ten minutes into it, and so it took me a while to find it again. But uh, but yeah, it's called Going Berserk. I have and I have written it down because I need to. The second, you said John Candy. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I need to. <laughs> it, it's it, it's it, it's it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I haven't seen it. I've vaguely I've heard, I've heard of it, and I vaguely remember the movie poster. But that's a lot with a lot of these movies. And the, this year sure. was I kind of heard of that movie, but I don't yeah. remember it. <laughs> well, I will say uh, in '83 I was uh, I was seven turning. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I was seven turning eight. So a lot more movies I was a lot of these movies I was finally seeing in theaters and not having to wait till like HBO or something like that seeing them years later. So. Um, definitely getting into those years where I was going to the movie theater and seeing a lot more of these movies. So. Well, I was 11 and poor. I didn't get to see E.T. until it came out on VHS like 10 years later. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of these movies, I saw them on t- – with, with the exception of my number one, I – I saw him on TV. Okay. So, <laughs> well, my number five uh, is definitely a guilty pleasure movie, and I know it's a bad movie, so no one needs to tell me it's a bad movie. I am well aware of it being a bad movie, <laughs> but it's Crawl. Uh, oh, crawl. yeah. I got that on my honorable mention. Too. I yeah, have that yeah. on Blu ray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love Crawl to me, and I've watched it recently. I have it, I have a digital copy of it, so I've. Uh, I watched it recently. I still love it. There is so much potential in it that could be <laughs> that I'm like, wow, they could really remake this today and make an awesome movie of this. Um, I love the glaive, the weapon. Uh, I thought it's incredible. I like the idea of the, the castle or, you know, the, the mountain castle moving constantly and they have to figure out where it's going to be. The, the shape changers, the, um, yeah, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, yeah. <laughs> Which that shocked me because I forgot that he was in it, and I started watching it again. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's Liam Neeson. Uh, but there's a lot of British actors in that film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of guys that you see it and other stuff. Because, um, and the amazing thing with it to me is, I'm sure they did it because they wanted to have their own Star Wars esque type movie coming out, and to think that this came out, you know five years later and <laughs> actually there is a story behind this movie it was um it was originally supposed to be the first dungeons and dragons movie oh and two things happened well three things they lost the license <laughs> because of the they lost the license kind of because thing. of the whole um uh, this was around the time that the churches were attacking, like, oh, Dungeons and Dragons is evil, oh, and gotcha. demon worshipping, and the whole thing, and that kind of folded. The the, the studio lost interest, and and uh, TSR was kind of pulling in their, you know, you know, pulling uh, pulling in their camp so they can defend themselves from all this mess. And then uh, right after that happened, they lost their funding. So like the drag or the beast. The big monster at yeah. the end was originally supposed to be a dragon. Oh, okay. Um, there was a bunch of st- – there was supposed to be like elves and all that kind of stuff, and they basically had to keep shrinking it down to mi- to work within their budget. So they got rid of the elves and the dwarves and all the monsters, and basically get- we got what we got. Yeah. Well, and I will – and that's interesting because I didn't know all that. Um, one of the things, too, this is one that for me with, with Krull, it's kind of like how I feel with Thundar where – I would love to see a Thunder comic book 
be made a, a series because I think it it works in that medium really well. I think, and I know Crawl, they did do a movie adaptation in comic book form, but I feel like you could really do a Crawl series as a comic book series and it would work really well. Um, and I'm sure you wouldn't have to pay much for the licensed property at this point. So <laughs> this is almost uh, Crawl was almost like He-Man, except if you take like not, replace the Barbarian with like knights. Yeah. Yeah, because it's got that. the laser beams in the space and yep. all that stuff, and the demon Hordak looking monster yep. and the whole thing. I so, can see that. Yeah, the cast was so much better. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> you know, because I mean, it's like if you look at this film, you've got uh, Robbie Coltrane was in it, yeah, and Freddie Jones, who was uh, he was in a ton of the old Hammer horror films. Lisette Anthony's in it. Hey, there's a ton of people in this yeah. that are just amazing actors. And oh yeah, I think they carry so much of the film. Like, oh yeah, there's a lot of this stuff in that film that is just yeah. kind of like, mm. yeah. Well, and I then, meant like property wise, it's yeah. similar to He Man, not like the movie wise, because yeah, th- actually this movie is a little better. It was, it's got a much better cast than the He Man movie did. Yeah, except for Frank Langella. Frank Langella rolls. Uh, he was yeah, he's, just saying. he's really good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I said, it's it's one of my guilty pleasure movies because I can watch it over and over again. I did watch it over and over again as a kid, and I still love it to this day. So I don't think you need to feel guilty. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> it's old. It's old enough that it's it's uh, what cult, a cult classic yeah, now. Yeah, you can, you can love it. Yeah, it's like if people can love Attack of Killer Tomatoes, you can love Crawl. Right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Shannon, you're number four. Number four, I actually have Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Oh, nice. Um, and I don't know if I told this story before, but um, Graham Chapman gave a lecture at Vanderbilt University because I grew up in Nashville. Uh-huh. And I went and saw him, and he, and he was lecturing about just being in Python, his career and so forth. But he said that originally the, the title for Meaning of Life um, – Oh, no, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind, I'm drunk. <laughs> Is that evening you're drunker than usual? or <laughs> That might be one of the best moments on the show yet. Uh, way to go, Bo. <laughs> it's true, John. The, the, the voicemail is true. You never know what's going to come out of Shannon's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I did have. It's a good movie. Shut up. I did have. Did we, like, so what? What did he say? What did Graham Chapman say? Or do you? No, you, he, he just. Yeah. Well, actually, I just can't repeat it. Uh, <laughs> um, on this show, no, you can't he, repeat it. <laughs> no, he he just he talked about a lot of the stuff that they were doing, and, and he kind of talked about the whole animation sequence, which I was like, I was going to tell that story. And I was like, yeah, I can't really go into that. <laughs> Okay. Anybody that's seen the film knows what animation sequence I'm talking sure. about. Sure. I, 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 I don't know why you're holding back now, but okay. <laughs> yeah, there's only so many times you can say the JJ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, is a, it is a hilariously great movie. So um, I don't know if I've seen that one. I know I've seen the was The Life of Brian and the Holy Grail. Yeah. And I, I remember watching a couple, a bunch of episodes of the TV show. Yeah. I will, I will tell one story. Okay. He was, uh, when they ran the script by the studio, um, he was saying that the, the studio came back to him and they were like, well, you're going to have to cut all of this out. And he was like, well, what are you talking about? And they say, well, you say shit here and you say uh, the F word here and this here. And and you can only say, you can say that three times, you can say this twice, you can say that once. And he goes, if you say shit 
why not just say shit, 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 shit? How many times? It doesn't matter. It's already out there. It's, it's already, already in the said. film. He goes, so what does it matter how many times you say it? Right. So I thought that was interesting. I, he was just talking. About I think that's a brilliant stuff. point because, like they say, with uh, was it with PG thirteen, you can only use an f bomb once. And I'm like, to your to his point, like, <laughs> well, if you're gonna use it once, <laughs> right? It's it's out it's, there. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's it's it went, like all the thirteen year olds are going to be like, did he? No, he wouldn't have said that. Right, and then they just move on. <laughs> yeah. Although I did think that when I saw the Transformers uh, animated movie and they and Spike said shit, I was like, what? Wait, did he? No. Oh yeah. No, he, no, he couldn't have said that. <laughs> but he did. Well, originally yeah, see, Michael to, Keaton was. <laughs> well, to that point, um, that's why one of the reasons why they limit cursing in those movies because when he said that you were like wait what yeah but if he said it every other word you'd be like "Mm, whatever (laughs) but it's still out there so you know all right uh chris you're uh you're number four okay well last episode i believe it was shannon was talking about the charlie brown christmas special well every year my number four was the movie we used to watch every christmas which is a christmas story nice which you know you'll shoot your eye out Little boy wanted to get the uh, Red Rider Red Rider BB gun yep. for Christmas, and it's all he wants, and it's his whole adventure is about getting it. And you can watch and, it every year on TBS for 24 hours. <laughs> and his dad dropping f bombs left and right. Yep. Yeah, they uh, they uh, they said if you anyone that watches that knows every year at Christmas it's on TBS from Christmas Eve to Christmas Day, and it just plays in an infinite loop <laughs> for. For a whole twenty four hours, so and on another channel somewhere they're watching um uh what what's uh it's a wonderful life yeah what? <laughs> those two movies every Christmas yep <laughs> yep all right uh John you're number four my number four was probably the first movie I ever saw more than once in the theater oh and that was Return of the Jedi oh okay. Um, Number four, communist. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I knew it was going to be so on John's list. <laughs> so, so, so you know, I, I, you know, I got mixed emotions about this movie. It's, it's fine. You know, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's not, it's not my favorite. It's certainly not my least favorite of the Star Wars movies that are out. You know, I love the speeder bike sequence, and that whole thing is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I, I know it's we're going to hear much more about it as we go down, uh, get through this list. So I, I'll just uh, <laughs> leave it at that. Huh? I don't know what you're talking huh? about. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Well, what, what was your number four? My number four? It was uh, Twilight Zone, the movie, uh, which I absolutely – I am a huge fan of the Twilight Zone in general. Uh, I absolutely – Love, I've been going actually back through with Hulu, watching the old black and whites uh, each episode from the very first season. and So I absolutely love it. Um, but this movie was my first exposure to The Twilight Zone. I had not really seen anything of The Twilight Zone before seeing this movie. And I absolutely loved it. I loved the, the format of the, the small stories, um, you know, and finding out later that they were retellings of earlier episodes of the twilight zone so you know have uh john lithgow doing the gremlin uh, on the the wing of the plane and finding out later is what uh that it was william shatner who did that in the yeah. actual episode and so i 
I have to ask you this. Yeah. Then. So that was your first experience with the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. So you hadn't seen the original episodes that they were they were they were based mimicking. on, right? What did you think when you went back and saw them? Like, do you prefer the John Lithgow version to the Shatner version? Um, that one particular one is tough for me to say which one I prefer because I actually like both. And um, I the one thing I will say with the Lithgow version, I like. <laughs> And I and I realize purists out there are going to hate me for this, but I like the Gremlin better in the Lithgow version than the. Well, it was later on they had a bigger budget to right, play with, exactly. so the other one was just a guy in a fuzzy costume, right? <laughs> um, but I will say, like the one with the little kid, where he's um, he's able to uh, basically control reality. Um, I like the movie version better than the black and white, but I I like the black and white. I, I like both versions of all of these. Um, my personal favorite is the kick the can with uh, Scatman, uh, Scatman Carruthers. Carruthers. Uh, that is just a beautiful one, and it's my favorite one out of all of it because he just plays that part so well. Um, That's your Hong Kong fooey the entire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if he was stone uh, the whole stone the whole time doing that like he was when he filmed Zap. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, we did. The man liked his marijuana yes, apparently. Yes, he. Did. <laughs> but that's okay because he was jazz. So, <laughs> um, but no. So yeah, to your point, it's like uh, I went back and and I absolutely adore the black and white versions. So it didn't like the movie didn't make me sway towards like liking that better, but. It is one of those things like the thing that you're exposed to first does hold a special place in your heart, which is why it's on my list. Um, Gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of drugs out there for Twilight Zone. So. <laughs> uh, you can get your. I only remember seeing the, the one Shatner episode you were talking about with the gremlin on the wing. Yeah. It's a, I, I remember watching other ones on Saturday mornings, but I couldn't tell you what they were. Oh, my God. They're they're so brilliantly done. Like I've been like I said, I've been watching them and. They, man, the the acting in those episodes and what they they hit like a, a, a nerve of emotion every single one of them is just it's writing like you don't really get to see a whole lot of these days uh, that they came up. Well, weren't they weren't they all like morality plays too? A like, lot of them. There was always a lesson at the end of it. Yeah. Well, not at the end of it. It was basically a lesson without. Well, the the, the the whole story yeah. would be yeah. end up ending as a lesson and yeah. of something like. Yeah. Like, don't be greedy or, you know. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing, too, that was Rod Serling. His speeches, you know, bef- at the beginning and the end of the episode was basically like you were talking about. It was like the life lesson and everything else. But it, like I said, they never came across preachy. It was it was very, uh, you know, it was very intellectual. It was very, you know, you know, it was just it was just so well composed. They were so well done. And I am enjoying watching them. So. You know what else is interesting about the old Twilight Zone series is, and people don't realize it until they watch something else out of context, mm-hmm. is Rod Serling was so dominant in how the show was put together. Oh, yeah. And the look of the show, the feel of the show. He did a TV movie uh, that I think was paid for by like Chevron or some other gas company, um, and it was called A, a Carol for Another Christmas. And if you haven't seen it, they show up on TCM occasionally, usually around the Christmas season, so keep your eye out for it. But when I saw it, I just kind of was through the channels, and it came up on TCM. And immediately, just by the look of the show, I was like, this feels like a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> and I started watching it, and it was it's a, a movie. It's like a full-length 
film. Okay. And it's his, it's like a modern take on the Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. But it, there's a lot of anti-war overtones to it, which he certainly was obviously against war. Yeah. You, you get that from the Twilight. Oh, movie. yeah. Um, but like Peter Sellers is in it and all these other like great actors are in it. But it was amazing to me just by the look, the, the production values, just how he staged things. Yeah. You instantly knew it was it was in that same vein as Twilight Zone. I, I wrote it down because I have to see that then. Um, the, the very first Twilight Zone episode that was ever out there, I watched, like I said, I've been watching these from like beginning and I'm working my way through them. Um, it just blew me away how the very, you know, how sometimes the pilots, the weaker one and stuff like that, this, the, from the very beginning, I was like totally engrossed and totally intrigued as to what was going on. It was like this guy who showed up at this town and there's nobody there. And then you find out why there's nobody there later on in the episode. And, and it was just like, and it was a way, and it was a twist I did not see coming. And I'm like, well, this is going to be an interesting ride. Um, and a lot of them are that way. There's those twists you just don't see coming. So, like I said, the movie was very much that way for me because that one with Scatman Carruthers, he, you know, there was the twist at the end where the one old guy decided not to become old again. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. It, it was just a nice little twist. And uh, Spoilers, dude. Hey, Spoilers. it's a 30-plus-year-old it's a <laughs> movie. <laughs> um but no, I so yeah, Twilight Zone. It was it was the birth of me getting engrossed in that whole series of shows. So, uh, Shannon, you're your number three. Did we skip somebody? Uh, Peter, did nope, he no, go four? No, I'm in the last oh. one. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, we've already covered this. I actually have for number three, Strange Bird. Oh, okay, nice. Um, because I was going Sweet. through kind of an SCTV phase at that point in my life. And um, I just really enjoyed the film, but I was also a big Max von Sydow fan. Oh, yeah. Just because he was in Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. And he, he's the bad guy in it. And uh, he's priceless. He's, he's so over the top in that film. Yeah. Because, you know, he's, he's supposedly in the film, they're going to take over the world by drugging the beer. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Bob and Doug McKenzie drink all the beer. So it's, <laughs> and they're too stupid to be brainwashed, which is what's beautiful about it. Right? Um, it's it's a great, it's a fun film. Like you were saying earlier, it's a fun film. Yeah, yeah. And it's, if you've never seen it, you'll just be on, you'll almost be on the floor laughing at it because it's just it. It's very much like a the the modern equivalent of it was like Wayne's World, but this is yeah. better. Yeah. Because it's basically two idiots who have a like a public access show that go off on this adventure. Yeah, yeah. and it, it has one of my favorite lines ever of anything, and that's if I didn't have puke breath, I'd kiss you, <laughs> which, I have, which I have used on more occasions, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm sure your wife can attest to that. <laughs> uh, it's on the inside of my ring. <laughs> it's not, I'm kidding. It's, a, it's on the inside of your ring. <laughs> My wedding ring. Yeah, yeah. nice. No, it's not. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Chris. Anyway. Chris, what's oh, your uh, number? Okay, I don't know if I can top that, but uh, my number three um, was Revenge of the Ninja. Um, Shokazuji. Nice. Um, really cool. Uh, I don't quite remember the plot of the movie. It's been so long, but I remember this is one of the movies that started the whole '80s ninja craze. Yeah. Um, 
He's actually a ninja that escapes Japan. There you go. And then uh, he's in California, and he started up like a school, and it's, it's got a son in the film. Oh, he's, he has a son in the film, and his son actually does ninja too. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, they, like, slaughtered his wife and killed his infant daughter or something in Japan, so he's escaped to the States, only to find out that the person behind it all was his best friend, who was also a ninja. <laughs> but there's a great, there's a great granny ninja scene in the middle of the film that is absolutely priceless, because if you're one of those guys that love it, when you can see that they've obviously stepped the stunt double end to replace somebody because they're too old to do it, yeah, it's priceless. Nice. Nice. Well... Uh, Chris, anything else you wanted to say in regards to it? Um, I, no, like I said, um, I remember seeing – I've seen it a bunch of times, but it's one of those things where these ninja like, – almost like the Chuck Norris things, it's a lot of them kind of blend in together after a while because they're all really similar. Yeah. But uh, I remember this was the one that like everybody talked about when they were talking about ninja stuff was Revenge of the Ninja. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. John, what was your uh, number three? People are going to think that Shannon and I were talking or in cahoots before we started. We were not. Um, I also have Strange Brew as my number three. Nice. Sweet. And it's funny, you know, the, when I was in high school English class and read Hamlet, I realized that <laughs> Strange Brew has a lot of Hamlet in it. And it's Elsinore Brewery, and instead of a girl, it's a guy, and her parents were murdered, and there's a lot of while it's silly as hell there's actually some somebody had to think through that and tie those things together it's funny it, it strange brew like i mentioned earlier return of the jedi being the first movie i can remember seeing i think think seeing multiple times i used to rent a friend of mine in high school her dad owned a movie store a rental you, shop right you used to and, rent a friend oh no her her dad <laughs> owned said. I wasn't. I wasn't. Man, I was But um, no. So, so my friend's dad owned this owned this movie store, right? Uh-huh. And she worked there, and I would go, literally every weekend and rent this movie. <laughs> and it was, if you remember the old clamshell boxes, you know, oh, like yeah. the big oversized oh, yeah. box. It got to the point that one one night I was in there and I was talking to her, and she said, "John, I have something for you." And she gave <laughs> me the movie. Nice. And said. My dad said, nobody's written this other than you. You can have it. Wow. <laughs> and so I still have that copy. I don't, I don't have a, I have a VCR somewhere, but I kept that oversized nice. box. So Emily Rusnak, I know you're not listening, but if you were, your dad was awesome and you're awesome. And that was always, you know, so that, again, that's one of those that has a, has a, has a very special place in my heart sure. because when I was a kid, I thought it was. I, I still think it's a scream. Yeah, you guys have talked it's about it. It's one of those movies. You know, it's so stupid. So, it ages well. Well, it, it, it ages well. <laughs> you got you got Hosehead and you've got Mel Blanc as the dad. I mean, oh, come yeah. on, priceless. Come yeah. on, you can't. You cannot. You, you just so. If you haven't seen Strange Brew, check that out, and then go find a recording of the Great White North, which is the McKenzie Brothers album. That's really funny, and you can hear their version of the Twelve Days of Christmas and nice. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So now, the one thing I will say too, John, to your point, as far as like there being uh, Hamlet in there and everything else, the best stupid comedies are actually very intelligently put together. So oh, yeah. they have those type of things in them that if you're if you look beyond just the the surface level stupidity, you're like, okay, this is brilliant, and it's because they actually put some thought behind well, what they're doing. I- well, and I think what they ended up saying was Bob and Doug are like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. So yeah. 
Well, we're not going to go into some literary conversation because this is Star Joe's, not <laughs> Shakespeare time. Uh, and, and I don't want it to be. Yeah. I will say, though, you know, it's uh, it, 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 it. Well, if you haven't seen this movie, you need to go find it and rent it and or find it on demand or on YouTube, probably. And get ready to laugh for, you know, about Canadian beer drinking guys playing hockey. So yeah, nice. yeah. And the uh, other thing, too, is it will be on a server if your van drives into a lake. <laughs> it will teach you how to survive that as long as you have enough beer. Yeah, the 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 word was it's absurdist humor, which is it's stupid on purpose for a reason. It's not stupid because they didn't know what they were doing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's like there's actually a bit of an art form behind their, their stupidity. Yeah. Rather than just hey, let's just do stupid crap and film it right. like jackass. Right. <laughs> exactly. I remember that rhyme when you're criticizing me on the show. I don't remember ever criticizing you on the show. Okay. I'll <laughs> That's ridiculing, not criticizing. Right. Fair point. <laughs> All right. So uh, my number three has been mentioned already, which is a Christmas story. Um, I live in the Cleveland area, which is where the movie was filmed. <laughs> I have been to the Christmas story house, uh, which they, they purchase uh, people that I, I don't know if it was just fans. I can't remember who actually purchased it, but I think it was just fans of the movie purchased the home that the exterior was shot for and uh, decided to redesign the inside so that it would look like the house in the movie as much as they could. Uh, There is actually a house across the street that they also purchased, which they turned into a Christmas story museum. And uh, every year they keep doing more and more to the house to make it look like the movie house. They've even gotten, got a uh, an old classic vehicle the the car that they had in the movie is in the driveway now um there's just everything about it is is awesome um you know you, you got just there's so many lines that they that I quote uh you know with like stuff like bumpuses uh sons of bitches and stuff like that like he swears. Exactly. Um, I have a Red Rider BB gun because my dad was such a big fan of the movie that he got it for me when I was a kid because they came out with a collector's edition of it. So I have. That's funny. I have because my dad, my dad was such a fan of the movie that I got him the leg lamp nice. one year for Christmas. Nice. And which he had in his he had in his workshop for. Uh, about for the rest of that that Chris or through the winter into the summer until we had a yard sale and then it was gone. Yeah, <laughs> and it and it was a uh, a noted flop in the theater. Uh, it was you know it it did not do well at all. And then because it was such a flop, it was cheaply bought and then they started showing it on TV, which is also true of It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, if you look at the history of that, it did not do well in the theater. And so TV stations were able to buy it cheaply, and that's why it was being shown all the time at Christmas time because they're like, well, there's some Christmas in there. Let's show it. Um, same thing happened with the Christmas story. Christmas story did not do well. In fact, at the museum, they have a bunch of news articles of the different critical reviews of it, and it's people tearing it apart. Um, but it's I absolutely love the movie. I think it's brilliant. I watch it every year. Um, one of the guys that was the tour guide uh, that helps out at the house, he was actually the neighbor uh, 
he's still the neighbor <laughs> uh, that lives next door to the house. And they. What the hell are you saying? You want it? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, not so that, that guy. Actually, that was Bob Clark that said that. Yeah. The director. That was he played that neighbor. Yeah. yeah. But this was the na- the actual real neighbor to the house was one of the guys that was bringing in the leg lamp in the uh, uh, that's cool in the crate and everything else. And he's the one that gets them to sign. It and he's like, he's like, well, it's in it. And he's like, I don't know. That's the actual name. That's him. That's him. The guy with his with a cigar in his yes. mouth that kind of shrugs his shoulder. That's so cool. Yeah. That's funny. That's is he funny. a redneck? No, he's a redneck. Is he a Kentucky hillbilly? No, not at all. That's so sweet. But they said they had to bring in. You know, uh, one of the big expenses of the movie was the fact that they were filming uh, during summertime and spring, and they had to bring in snow <laughs> to. Uh, to for some of the shots and everything else. So didn't they use soap or something? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember I was reading something or watching something. They were talking about how, like, in one of the fight scenes, you can actually see the snow kind of bubbling up. Yes. Yep. Because it got wet or something. Yep. So um, I watch it every year. Like I said, it's on TBS every year for 24 hours, and I will. I am someone that will sit there and watch it, and then it comes on again, and I'll sit there and watch it. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't get. T- I don't get tired of it. I really don't. So, uh, so that's why it's my number three. So. All right, Shannon, you're number two. Blue Thunder. Nice. Um, when I was a kid, my dad was a big Roy Scheider fan, and we went and saw this in the theater, and uh, which I loved because there were boobies in it. Sure. Um, <laughs> but my brother loved it so much. What was it? Um, uh, the nickname they gave the co-pilot, Jaffo. Yes. Which stands for just another <laughs> observer. <laughs> my my dad started started calling my brother Jaffo all the time <laughs> to the point where when he was on tour with Adrian Blue, King Crimson, they had tour jackets. Whenever they had tour jackets made up, dad would always get one for everybody in the family. And my brother's was personalized Jaffo. Nice. So yeah, so it was it was a big film in our in our house. Very cool. I love Blue Thunder. Uh, it, it's I, I mean. If I have to choose between Blue Thunder and Airwolf, I always choose Airwolf, but that doesn't mean I don't like Blue Thunder. <laughs> it's uh, It was just a really cool movie, and yeah, it might be one of the earliest times of seeing boobs and stalker boobs at that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, um, at least, I mean, I loved Airwolf, too. I don't, I don't even remember seeing Blue Thunder. Was Did they make a TV show of it, too? Yep, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw the TV show. I remember it was actually an Apache helicopter, whereas uh, Airwolf was actually just a British passenger chopper that they souped up to look like a military. Yeah. Uh, yep. All right, uh, Chris, your number two. Okay, my number two was Fire and Ice by Ralph Bakshi, which was an animated movie, uh, fan, an animated fantasy movie. Which was pretty cool. The it was basically cavemen barbarians fighting each other. Uh, you had the fire tribe and the ice tribe, and um, the uh, ice tribe was ruled by a um, like a Loki type character, and his mother was like a sorceress. It was pretty cool. I remember they had that song where they were like, "I'm Mr. Freeze," <laughs> right? That, that wasn't that. No, that's, nope, wrong one. That's a different fire and ice. <laughs> Damn it. No, this was the Fire and Ice. I think it was rated R, but they still didn't have any nudity. But it was the same style as um, 
some of the heavy, the, the heavy metal movie. Oh, okay. It was uh, heavily rotoscoped, which is you film actors actually acting out the parts, and then they go frame by frame, and they would go in and they would trace out the the actors and draw in the um yeah like the extra you know like their their armor and stuff like that. Huh. That's why a lot of them were wearing robes and loincloths and stuff because the guys were actually just tracing over it. Wow. It, they, he also did the original Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, okay. Very yeah, cool. It's that same style. Gotcha. Um, Franklin Bass, who did Thundercats, did Lord, uh, did The Hobbit and The Return of the King, and in the middle there, Ralph Bakshi came in and did the, um, uh, the Lord of the Rings too. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I'm not even familiar with that movie, but it sounds sounds pretty cool. I, I It's pretty. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, John, you're number two. Well, let's face it. It's not a. It's not an 80s list for me if it doesn't include a Hal Needham film. <laughs> so my number two is the stock car epic known as Stroker Ace. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Burt Reynolds, Lonnie Anderson, yeah. Ned Beatty, Jim Neighbors. I you can't get any better. And he's driving, he's driving for a fried chicken restaurant. It's got... Oh, look, I got super... I was a super big stock car fan 20 years ago. And it was not the same after Big Number Three died in 2001. He's in this movie, and for those of you who don't know, that's Dale Earnhardt. He and Rusty Wallace and a bunch of the drivers are in it. They're in a scene where they're in a hotel and they're pushing each other on uh, on carts. It it's a scream, and again, it's a Hal Needham film. As I have said before, I need to do a Hal Needham podcast because this guy is my hero, and. Um, so again, it could, I could not go. Don't I got to figure out what's going to be an eighty. I got to figure out what's going to be eighty-four because I got to keep looking at my list. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, number number two for me was Stroker Ace. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, my number two was this little uh, movie that maybe you've heard of before. It's called Nash Lampoon's Summer Vacation. Um, it uh, Chevy Chase. Uh, it's. It, it's Christy Brinkley. yeah, Christy Brinkley. It started it all. <laughs> uh, it started all the sequels. Uh, but this this one, I mean, Christmas Vacation is my favorite. But this is a very very close second of the National Lampoon Vacations. It's just brilliant. You know, him accidentally eating the sandwich that the dog pissed on, uh, <laughs> gram, tying Grandma to the roof, uh, who or Aunt. Aunt, uh, it was Aunt Edna, was Aunt. Aunt Edna yeah. who uh, passed away, and uh, the the dog, uh, the cop pulling him over because the dog he tied him to the bumper. And <laughs> I forgot that. Um, well, the whole Wally World experience of you know, sorry folks, uh, Moose Out Front should have told you know, parks closed. Moose Out Front should have told you. Um, you know, you got so you got John Candy there and stuff. Uh, he shoots him in the ass with a BB gun. Um, <laughs> It's it, it's just a brilliant brilliant comedy. Well, and we this is also the first appearance of Uncle Eddie, and yes. I'm going to ask the question. You guys may not know. I re, I seem to recall. I did not see this unedited or the the R-rated version as a kid. Mm-hmm. Right, I saw it on TV. Mm-hmm. The scene where they're at Uncle Eddie's house, mm-hmm. and um, the daughter is on the on the um, uh, seesaw. Seesaw. With her cousin, Jane, who's Jane Krakowski, right. one of the earliest things she ever did. Yeah, I swear, I think on the TV version, it says something about her science teacher said she's the best person making out, even though 
in the film it talks about, you know, Daddy says I'm the best kisser or whatever. Yes. Am I dreaming that? No. Did that actually? That okay. she says is that yeah she says like uh, they they're talking about French kissing and stuff like that and she's like my dad says I'm the best <laughs> or something like but 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 in the but in the in the TV version did she say her teacher said that uh, I don't because it's a whole that. different look I don't remember the her saying my daddy says I until I saw it later maybe I'm just think, dreaming that I don't know I could see them changing that for the TV because they cut yeah. they cut the whole thing you know what they cut the whole other thing out with the boys going to look at the right. dirty magazines and smoking right. the weed or whatever right but holy cow that that oh there's some there i mean it is a national lampoon movie there's some pretty, pretty oh, yeah. raunchy stuff going oh, on yeah. there. but i mean it was just and it's it's i think that was my first exposure to chevy chase also so it was just like yeah. it was chevy chase at his best as far as i'm concerned uh, i mean i love a lot of other chevy chase movies but him being Clark problems. Yeah. Him, him being Clark Griswold is just like the, I mean the whole scene too, where he's trying to show him the family roadster and they, they come with Pac-Man and, and, and to play the, because they're playing the video games and he's trying to show them how they're going to go go across the country. And, uh, Rusty's trying to eat the, the roadster and Audrey comes in with the, the, uh, like to shoot Pac-Man. Like just those little things just crack me up. So, uh, so it, it, I could watch, and again, it's a movie I can watch over and over again, and laugh every single time I see it. So, plus Christy Brinkley. So, I mean, enough said there. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on, Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly oh D'Angelo yeah. was pretty easy on the eyes. Oh too. yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. But has anybody seen those pictures that Christy Brinkley posted recently? Oh yeah, where she I'm lives in the Bahamas or whatever. Oh my god, <laughs> talk about aging well. Yeah, she's still hot. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! So, so <laughs> just give me a minute. I was to say to get Shannon's mind off of that, Shannon, why don't you tell us your number one? <laughs> Christy, oh, I'm Christy, sorry, what? Christy Brinkley. <laughs> what? Are we still doing yeah, this? This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> Seriously, a blonde and a convertible. Anyway, um, well, we've already mentioned it, but uh, it's actually a Christmas story. Okay. And I was actually one of those kids that went and saw it in the theater. Nice. I remember the commercials, and in the original commercial was the whole ho 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 kid, you know, you'll shoot your eye out thing. And I desperately wanted to see this, and I went with my, one of my best friends from school at the time. And we took his sister, and she bitched through the entire movie. I just wanted to punch her in the mouth. She's like, I hate this movie. Santa Claus would never act like that. Monk. It's a fucking dude playing a part <laughs> in a department store. Right. Shut up. You know, of course, in eighth grade, you thought you were cool saying the F-bomb. Right. But, um, <laughs> but I love this movie. And only years later did I find out that my mom actually went to school with Bob Clark. Oh, in high oh school. wow. And the year that he died, he was actually going to be at their high school reunion. They were making a big deal about it, and that was the year that he oh, uh, wow. got in the car accident with his son. But yeah, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, and because uh, I was going to just like bombard him with questions, I had like this whole list of things. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I, I remember seeing it in the theater and loving it from the get go. Yeah, it, it is. Oh. It is, yeah, it is so brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's, and it was, it was cool too. When uh, we, like I mentioned, I went to see the house. The first year the house was open, 
my parents, it was like a whole family trip to go see the house. It wasn't, oh, cool. yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, let's go, you know, I want to go see the house. It was like, my sister was there, my parents were there, my uncles were there. Like, it was a large group of us that went to go see this thing, so. Yeah. Um, all right. And this movie, that movie was also one of the inspirations for the um, the narrative and the story, the way they constructed with the the adult talking about his childhood was one of the inspirations for the Wonder Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. All right, Chris, uh, you're number one. Oh, this little art house film called Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you might have heard of it. Yeah, I've heard, you know. I've heard a few things about it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, evidently I'm not alone considering I was looking at the amount of money that this thing made, and it's like, 10 times what everything else that year made. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's the end of the original trilogy. Uh, the, the lead into our, the movie that's coming out in two weeks. Yep. Um, I, I really, I mean, my favorite part of the movie is the whole, everything in the first like quarter or the first third of the movie with Jabba. Yeah. And, uh, everything happening on Tatooine. Yep. Um, I prefer the original version rather than the beaked mouth, <laughs> you know, yeah. Sarlacc pit and some of the stuff that they added in there. And I will but, say, I don't mind the beaked mouth Sarlacc, but I do mind the musical number that they changed. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jedi what, rocks. What about, what about, what, yeah, I would say the ending or the additional, uh, beyond lopty neck, that crazy, uh, musical yeah, show they size, put in and size snoodles yeah yeah that one yeah. sorry yeah. I, yeah i like the size snoodles one way better than the i think if they'd have just expanded on the size noodle like gave her the the motion that she had in the right. the the new version but kind of just expanded on the one song that she was doing where she's on stage and you got the girls dancing and stuff you didn't need the other uh, the thing that killed it was the other guy the yeah. the Yes. Uh, Wowzer or whatever the heck. Yeah, John Yowza or whatever yeah, his name was. Because all the other – the addition of the rest of the band kind of made sense. Yeah. But, you know, it was – it's Sice Noodles and the Max Rebo band, not John Yowza and the yeah. – you know. Yeah. So it, it was really – it was really out of place to have this, like, rock singer, you know, yeah. in the middle of um, Jabba's Palace. Yeah. And that's the thing, like a lot in when it came to the original trilogy, there's a lot of things that they did uh, with the special editions that I really don't mind. But some of the big things I do. So like I said, I don't mind the Sarlacc beak mouth thing. It kind of makes a little bit more sense to me. Um, but I do mind the things like putting Anakin in as the ghost, uh, you know, Hayden Christensen, I should say, as the ghost yeah, of Anakin at the end. That was annoying. That, like that um, type of stuff bothers me. But uh, I did like an Empire when they finally replaced uh, that smudged green ghost looking hologram of the emperor with actual Ian. Uh, yeah. I want to say Ian McKellen, but that's wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, with the guy who actually plays the emperor, yeah. um, you know, standing there. Yeah. Uh, we have the technology. You know, something to me, that was something they should have fixed in the first special edition. Yeah. Cause that was like one of the glaring things that you could tell, oh, well, that's dated. You can, cause it was a woman in a chimpanzee mask. If I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, it's the movie that ended the original trilogy. I I was eleven, so I I like the Ewoks. Yeah, they're they're still better than Gungans to me. Uh, yeah, 
And I'll take Ewoks over Gungans. I, I, I think they're better for most people, yeah. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to venture yeah. to guess that. And actually, you were, we were right in saying Ian McDermott. So. <laughs> yeah, Ian McDermott. Yeah. So. Um, so. Yeah. All right. So, uh, John, you're, you're number one. You're number uh, well, one, John. You're number one. <laughs> Again, I think people are going to think we're in cahoots. We're certainly not. Um, I'm going to gush now because um, not only is this my number one movie of 1983, it may be my favorite movie of all time. Uh, when I was a kid, my mom took me to the J-Town 4 Cinema with my little sister, and we saw a movie called A Christmas Story. Nice. We saw it, I guess, like in January of 84. So it was after Christmas. And my dad didn't go, which is weird. My dad usually took us to the movies. But we went, and we went home, and we told him, Dad, we saw this hilarious movie, and this kid wanted a BB gun. Well, it just so happened my dad's older brother's name is Ralph. And they were of that of that time, you know, I mean, you know, of that time they were close. They would have been about that age and all. And he wanted a BB gun, you know, uh, when he was a kid. And so we didn't have cable when I was growing up. We grew up out in the country. Well, we had a friend that had HBO somewhere and they recorded, they made a tape of of Christmas Story so my dad could see it. Oh, wow. And we started to watch and we watched that tape until it broke. And we went and bought a copy of on VHS. Um, a Christmas Story has been part of my life now since 1984. We watch it every Christmas. Yeah. My entire family. We watch it usually once in July. Um, I have seen it more than any – and and, I, and I'm a big Star Wars fan and I'm a big fan of a lot of other things. I have seen this movie more than any other movie out there. Yeah. Um, I have read Gene Shepard's books. Uh, the man was brilliant. If you haven't read In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, which was what the what the movie is based on, which interestingly enough, those stories originally were published for in Playboy in the 60s. Mm. And so they, they collected the stories. But the story of that book is he goes home as an adult and runs into Flick because Flick runs the bar. Oh. The bar, the sign over the bar says, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. So – I'm going on this diatribe because, first of all, this movie is just unbelievably awesome. I can't imagine, you know, there there are cut scenes. I don't know if they exist, but you know, there was supposed to be a whole sequence with Flash Gordon. Mm. That obviously didn't make the ending. I would, I, I don't know if those those things exist. I think Shannon and I need to be planning a trip to Cleveland to come not only see you, Ryan, but yeah. to go to the Christmas Story House because it is on my places place list of places to come see. But if you enjoy though that movie. First of all, you also need to see a, a summer story, which is the yeah. it's the it's not really a I mean it is a sequel. It happened what ten years later, yeah. but it, it Gene Shepard was in on it, and it is actually a it's a good movie. It's it's not obviously not the same. Darren McGavin is one of my favorite characters of all time. Not a finger is probably the the one thing I quote <laughs> anything else because um, I I. I I yeah I could go on for hours about this movie and everybody who knows me knows that but but if you haven't check out a summer story because it is also based on those stories some of the stories from that book if you really want to go deep and you want to see more um, Gene Shepard go check out on YouTube you can actually see the original Ralphie story that was on American Playhouse on PBS and Ralphie is played by of all people Matt Dillon oh wow. And That's it is funny. an entirely different take, and it's where he's in the marching band, which another reason this thing is so personal to me, Ralphie played the tuba. And the <laughs> way they write him, there there is a story about them marching in the big parade. 
I have never cried from laughing so hard reading a story. <laughs> when I read this story 15 years ago, I was on the floor in tears, and my wife did not understand why. And then I had her read it. She's also a musician. She's not a tuba player, but she read it and couldn't believe it. It Unbelievable stuff. So check out On God We Trust All Others Pay Cash. Um, Shannon, I think you've still got – you still have Ferrari? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I, I've read all these books, and so I give them to Shannon to read too. Uh, Shepard was Shepherd was a genius. Uh, one of the early, you know, one of the early guys telling these stories, you know, more like a Garrison Keillor type. Um, again, I could go on forever. Everybody's seen this movie. Everybody knows how great it is. I'm just telling you, it, it to me, it has been an integral part of my life for 30 plus years now. Uh, will continue to be, and and again, it gave me a, got me into a whole other world with the with reading Shepard and getting into it. So. Well, and I can't eat, and number one, yeah, if you and Shannon ever want to come here and, and go to the house, I will happily take you there. Um, I've been there a few times, okay. so yeah, totally, totally in favor of that. Um, anyone that tells me that they don't like a Christmas story, I just, I can't, I can't associate with them anymore. <laughs> so just... and one, one more quick thing that it is kind of funny when it comes to Bob Clark. Do you know the movie he made to be able to make Christmas story? No. Porkies. Really? <laughs> he wow. he said he told as I understand it, I've read a lot of this stuff over the years, but what he told basically told the studio was if I make porkies, I the, apparently Christmas story was his dream gig. He wanted to make this movie and could not get the funding. And apparently when he did porkies and as successful as he was, he said, I want to make this little Christmas movie and he got the ability to do it. So uh, kind of interesting that such different movies, right? I mean, obviously, we know directors can do a lot of things, but to do what he did with Porky's, which is on a lot of people's lists for good reason, sure. it's it's classic too. To do those kind of you know very very opposite sides of the coin, yeah. um, I'm going to shut up now because I know you want to talk about your oh, number that's one. Right. It's not going to be any shock. I I will say it's interesting though. You've got two number ones for Ralphie and his BB gun, and two for uh, Return of the Jedi. Well, now really, my number one is DC Cab. No, uh, <laughs> oh, good choice though. It should be on honorable mention. That's a good. It is. That's, it that's, is on my honorable mention list, actually. So. I don't work on January the ninth. That's birthday. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Return of the Jedi obviously is my number one. I've mentioned it in the past. It is actually like if when someone asks me, you know, what's your favorite movie? I say star Wars and they go, which one? I just tell them star Wars. But if you put a gun to my head and say, which one it's going to be return of the Jedi. Um, it's my favorite movie of all movies. And not, I'm, that's not me saying that it's the best movie ever made. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying on a personal level, it is my favorite movie of all time. I was around eight years old. I was close to eight years old when it came out, saw it in the movie theater, went with my dad who had taken me to see the other movies um, it has all my favorite things in Star Wars are in this movie. Um, it to Chris's point, the whole Jabba scene is my absolute favorite. Luke flipping on the board, catching the lightsaber, boom, ignites it. It's green. Holy, you know, shit. When you first see that uh, as a kid, it's like wow. And then you know that whole battle happens. The Rancor is my favorite creature in Star Wars. So that whole scene is just amazing to me. Um, Jabba the Hutt was, you know, you heard about him because this was before the special editions. So you just heard about Jabba the Hutt. Now you get to see him and really find out what a slime ball he is. Yes. Princess Leia in the bikini didn't hurt. <laughs> um, 
just these uh, biker scouts are my favorite on-screen trooper. Uh, you know, and the bike and the speeder bikes are awesome. I don't hate the Ewoks either, Chris. I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I actually like the little buggers uh, because, especially as an adult, I look back on it and I go, okay, everyone sees them as these cute teddy bears. Do they realize they were going to eat Han and Luke and Chewie? <laughs> They're not so cute. Um, so, and it has for me the, the ultimate, um, you know, like for, I know a lot of people love the uh, Empire Strikes Back lightsaber battle. To me, Return of the Jedi lightsaber battle between Luke and Vader, I love it even more because it's a more personal level battle between the two of them. And then you just have that silhouette scene of them fighting each other, and you have the chorus coming up, behind, you know, in, in the music behind that. It's just amazing. The, in my opinion, Return of the Jedi has the best space battles of all the Star Wars movies. Oh yeah, definitely uh, by far. Um, and, uh, although force awakens, some of the things I see in the trailer look pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, they really couldn't do that. Yeah. Back oh then. yeah. I totally but that understand. was one thing. I, one thing I really missed in the first trilogy or in the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. was the space battles yeah. because the only one we really got was the, the one in the end of the of episode one, which was basically just a replay of the Death Star. Yeah, and you got a little bit in Reven- the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, but not- but even that was not. Remember that scene in Return yeah. of the Jedi? Oh yeah, when they say it's a trap, and all of a sudden yeah. you see like a thousand yeah. Tie Fighters fly across the screen uh, across the windshield of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, you don't really, and you're it's like, oh my god, and yeah. then you know, every, then going into the Death Star, you didn't, you never got that in, and they were just going from point A to point B and had a little fight in between yeah. in, at the beginning of episode three. And then just the whole person, you know, the, the personal struggle of Luke being there and, and, uh, the, you know, the emperor just goading him. I thought that was a brilliant villain right there is he's sitting there and he's winning, <laughs> uh, not to quote Charlie Sheen, but you know, he's, <laughs> he, he is winning this battle right now. Um, the, don't forget, don't forget the best line ever. What's that? sister oh yeah that was the creepiest line ever uttered in a movie ever yes (laughs) i I peed myself he said that (laughs) and i was 13 yeah um though you know i love the royal guard uh you know i didn't know anything about them i just knew they looked cool (laughs) um you know the whole it's a trap line that you just mentioned chris that's you know it it's done to death, but it, you know, at the time it was just a cool moment. Um, you have Lando, you know, cheering as they fly out, uh, and Nia Nub being like a like Mickey Mouse on, on crack. Um, <laughs> uh, and I love and I just and the humor. That's the thing I, I'm hoping they get right, and it seems like they will. The humor that they is, is in all three of the original trilogies is not forced; it just happens. So, like the whole, you know. Uh, Lando telling Han, you know, would you get out of here? I promise I won't get a scratch on her. And then what happens? He takes that satellite dish right off, and <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. I like later on in the books they mention that he's like, because uh, uh, Lando uses the Falcon again. And he's like, remember what happened the last yeah. time? You said not a scratch, and you ripped off the <laughs> yeah. communication array. So so yeah, I could I could gush on and on about Return of the Jedi. I absolutely adore the movie. Um, I could watch it a thousand times and watch it a thousand times more. In fact, I have. So, so hey, yeah. hey, Ryan, I got a question for yeah. you because I have, I don't have, I don't own the Blu-rays, mm-hmm. the 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 ones that came out what yeah. a couple years ago, year ago. Yeah. 
so they they added a scene where they show Luke working on the lightsaber, right? Um, is that yes. or is that like extra yes. scenes? It's like extra I'm, scenes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So unfortunately, yes. the thing they added on the Blu-ray was was Darth Vader when he grabs the Emperor. He's uh-huh. like, no, 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 and then he throws the Emperor. And it's like they they didn't need it, right? But Which is they added the nose from the be- the yeah. end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and that's uh-huh. just a killer moment because I think by putting that in, it it you didn't need like you said, Chris. They didn't need that. Vader is a compl- is a mask. He's completely expressionless. But in that scene of him looking back and forth, you see all the emotion, even though it's a mask, like nothing's happening. But you see exactly the turmoil that he's going through right then, Uh, which I thought was brilliantly done. And then, like you said, they ruin it by putting a no in there that didn't need to be there. Um, But, yeah, those scenes that you're talking about, uh, John, they are extra scenes that were deleted there. They didn't put them back into the movie, but you can watch them. Uh, There's also like a scene of them after leaving the sail barge, you know, being rescued. The sandstorm. The sandstorm. They get onto the Falcon and all that Mm. stuff. So, so there are some cool scenes to watch, but they're not inserted back into the movie. Gotcha. Is the um, first big scene on the star Wars one? Because there was a scene yeah. with Biggs yeah. where, uh, yeah. where they were yeah. on Tatooine, yeah. which is. is the companion piece to the end scene that they did yes. put back in, yeah. where he comes up to talk to him. Yeah, that is yeah, no. that is available. It's on extras. Yeah, yep. So, so like I said, it uh, you know obviously I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I don't think it shocks anyone. It was my number one. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, for me personally, it's my number one of of all of any movie. So. Um, so, uh, what do people have as far as maybe some honorable mentions? Anything you wanted to throw uh, out there? Well, I had uh, Scarface. Oh, yeah. Which came out that year. I'm not really into bloody movies. I have seen this movie like seven times, but I'm not really into bloody movies, so it didn't really make my top five. Okay. Uh, War Games. Sure. Um, Would you like great to play movie. a game? <laughs> yes. Shall we um, play a game? Oh, yeah. Shall, shall we play, we play a game? How about thermonuclear war? <laughs> um, Octopussy. Oh, of course. The name says, I mean, there was another, <laughs> uh, I think Thunderball or something was also on there, but I'm like, no, the two. Never, never say never again. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one. Never say never again. Yeah. Um, and then uh, The Evil Dead. Talk about starting yep. a franchise. Yep. We're have, we have a TV series now on cable that goes all the way back to this. Yeah. And it's the same guy. It's yep, Bruce Campbell. Bruce yeah. Campbell. And then I had Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf McQuaid as one of my honorables and Crawl. Nice. Uh, John or Shannon, you, did you have any honorable mentions? I'll go for it. I, I just had two. I had Vacation, which I don't remember it being called Summer Vacation, though. Is that... They've, is that what they call it now? Kind of like Star Wars is supposed to be a new hope. If I, re- I if I remember right, and I think you have to look at the the title thing. It was the summer vacation parts very small. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, my other one was Mr. Mom because it oh, has yeah. one of the greatest one of the greatest lines of in any movie ever. When the lady looks at Michael Keaton and says, "You fed the baby chili," <laughs> that is one. Of <laughs> And then the aftermath, uh, as somebody that had little children and you know had filled diapers, not from feeding them chili, but you know just oh, you know, admit it, you did. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> they were my children; they were going to have problem, you know, gastric issues. But anyway, uh, yeah, that well, Daniel that, does. Just that, yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I got video evidence. <laughs> 
So anyway, but yeah, but just for that one, just for that one line alone, um, and Terry Gar, hubba hubba. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I those were my two. Uh, oh, I mentioned. I adore Mister Mom, and I I use the like I use paraphrasings of like the whole like so you can use like two by fours here like two by fours two by sixes whatever works you know <laughs> I, I use those lines all that type of thought all the time when asked something like that um it's a brilliant movie like he goes to the strip club with you know with the the girls on the girls night out and and because uh, they want to take them out and everything um it's it's a it is a great movie it it, it has to be seen by by anyone out there if you like uh, michael keaton comedies it's it's right up there at the top so um shannon any honorable mentions for you i have five okay one was crawl okay which we already discussed yeah um the other one the other ones one one was private school okay with phoebe gates mm-hmm. for obvious reasons <laughs> um the other one was called hunger which had David Bowie in it and Susan Sarandon, which was about vampires and David Bowie's and actually he's a vampire and he, and he realizes he's aging. Oh, I couldn't tell you anything else about the movie except there's a sex scene with Susan Sarandon and another woman. <laughs> and that got a lot of replay in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen that one. <clears throat> check that shit out. <laughs> then going more innocent, because I was a huge Olivia and John fan, two of a kind came out that year. Okay. God, horrible film. Love the soundtrack, though. And then lastly, it was also the year that Disney released Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. Which, when I was a kid, I always thought it was an old film. I always, you know, because the animation yeah. was spot on with everything that had come before it. So I thought it had been done in the 50s or 60s or whatever. It wasn't until later that I found out that it was actually done in 83. Yeah. But it's actually one of Christmas Carol is probably my favorite story, just literary story of all time. Yeah, and it's definitely I, up there for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch any version of it. I'm I mean, bionic, here. Here. whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, and that's actually one of my favorite adaptations. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, Jim, the one where Jim Carrey did the voice? Uh, it was not that long ago that it came out, but he actually, yeah. I, I thought that was really well done. Really? Because I mean, that's the only reason I refused to watch it. Oh, no, I thought it was actually really well done. I went and saw it in the theater, so. Um, so you like it? You'd recommend it? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. well, I'll watch it then. It's not Jim Carrey like you would know Jim Carrey. That's my, that was my fear. Yeah, no, it's not goofy Jim Carrey. He actually plays Ebenezer Scrooge very, very well, like the way you would want him to be played. Because so. my, my personal favorite version is the one with Alistair Sims, and they actually did that as an animated film, and they had him come back and do it again. Oh, nice. So if you like that that classic 1951 version, yeah. there's an animated version that, uh, uh, who did it? David McKenzie? The guy that did the animation for Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay. No, Richard Williams. That's who it was. Gotcha. My two favorite uh, Chris versions of the Christmas Carol are Scrooged. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Which is completely amazing Christmas movie. Yep. And the other one is, it's actually not a movie or anything. It's uh, the episode of the real Ghostbusters where they bust <laughs> the three ghosts of yes. Christmas. <laughs> I do remember that. Sweet. Um, I am also. And then they have to pretend to be the ghost. Yeah. And, and no surprise for anyone that listens to the show, I'm also a huge fan of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, oh, yeah. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, 
speaking of Scrooge, and I'll put it at the end of this episode, because this will probably be, you know, there's a lot of episodes that come out. This will probably be the episode that comes out maybe sometime right before Christmas, maybe a few days before Christmas. I don't know. Um, so at the end of this, we can wish anyone happy holidays or Merry Christmas or whatever. Um, I will play the, the part from Scrooge that is basically my how I believe Christmas is. You know, it's the time of year that everyone's a little nicer to each other. He goes on that rant. Oh, yeah, he yeah. goes on that yeah. rant at the end, and I'm like, when I watched it, I was like, that is exactly how I feel about Christmas. So, um, so I absolutely. And he's surprisingly really good in that film. Oh yeah, amazingly. You know, because he's so cynical in everything. Yeah. You're like, I I can buy the cynical bit. Am I going to buy the bit where he becomes happy? Right. And that's always the downfall for most Scrooge films, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, the George C. Scott version's great. Yeah. When he's happy, I don't buy it. Yeah. That's why I love the Alistair Sims version. He goes nuts. I mean, you think he just lost his mind. Yeah. And that's what Bill Murray played it. That's yeah. how he played it. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like town people feel like he has lost his mind because yeah. they're not used to that side of him. <laughs> so, um, did you have any other uh, honorable mentions you wanted to throw out there? No, it was just crawl with the other one. Okay, so we'll cover that. So uh, I have quite a few on here, but one that almost made my top five, and crawl kind of bumped it out. But it's a, a to me, it's a brilliant movie. Is The Outsiders, who okay. which pretty much had everybody who <laughs> that you could imagine in it. You had Rob Lowe, Matt Dillon, C. Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Tom Cruise, uh, Emilio Estevez, Diane Lane. I mean, it was just like a who's who of who was going to become big <laughs> in the in the near future? Um, but the the movie is just brilliant. Uh, it's very it's a very emotional movie. It's uh, definitely a, a, a drama, um, but I absolutely love it. Um, this is uh, the other one that's on my another one's on my honorable mention list. Is uh, I know I mentioned in the past that I had seen uh, the jazz singer many times because my parents watched it so many times. This is another one of those movies that I saw it a lot because my mom watched it all the time, which was which was Flashdance, um, and uh, she would watch it constantly. And because she watched it constantly, I saw it constantly. <laughs> so, um, I remember there was a lot of movies on this list. Flashdance is the one that comes to mind where I have vague images mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, from seeing it like a couple times on television or whatever, mm-hmm. but that, they never made my list because I don't really remember that much about them. Gotcha. I remember the, the only one that kind of did was Revenge of the Ninja because I remember seeing it three or four times. Yeah, I remember Jennifer Beale taking her yeah bra. Yeah. Oh yeah, through her sweater. That was one of the <laughs> images I remember. That and the when she's dancing and she drops the the bucket of water. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Brilliant comedy on my honorable mention list, which is Trading Places. Uh, oh, yeah. Gotta love that. You know, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd. It's, you know, it's a must, must see. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That got a lot of rewinds. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, a bad. Can you tell I was 13 going through puberty? Yes. <laughs> on this list? I just want to point that out. Um, this is a bad movie, but when I watched it as a kid, I. I did like it a lot. Uh, Superman three. <laughs> <laughs> that it almost was, made my list. <laughs> that was when they like they didn't jump the shark, but they were like hitting the ramp. Oh no! They they <laughs> I think they <laughs> launched <laughs> themselves way over the tr- 
back at that point. Uh, but drunk Superman. You have to like drunk Superman. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Didn't Sideshow make a figure of him? I don't know. I think Sideshow did an evil Superman Oh, figure. that's hilarious. Still um, had more fights than Superman, uh, Superman Returns. Yeah. Um, had two villains in that one. Yes. Yes. It's drunk Superman and then... Uh, uh, the chick who originally was supposed to be that was supposed to be Brainiac was the idea, oh. and then the studio got a hold of it and destroyed it, and that's where you got gotcha. super robot computer that eats a woman and turns her into a, yeah. a zombie. Yeah. Um, another uh, brilliant comedy, The Survivors, with uh, Robin Williams is in that one, and Jerry Reed. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I love it. I actually love and Walter it. Matthau. And Walter Matthau. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a great film. I love that movie. Um. Again, another movie that is not good, but I loved it as a kid. Jaws 3D. Bess <laughs> uh, Armstrong. Yes. Best legs in Hollywood. <laughs> we, Man, I really was going through puberty. Yes, you were. <laughs> uh, a good, a good couple of uh, good couple horror movies: uh, Cujo and Christine. Uh, both Stephen King movies, uh, or Stephen King based movies, I should say. Um, Cujo never really scared me. I was just like, okay, this is a crazy dog. I don't really... <laughs> but I enjoyed watching it. Um, Throw a milk bone and run. Right. <laughs> um, Shannon, this one should be right up your alley with stuff you're working on. Curse of the Pink Panther. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. I, I yeah, thought, I thought we of that, too, my... when I saw that. Yeah. From the life of me, I can't remember the movie. year old thing. What was that, Shannon? I heard Chris, but I didn't hear Shannon. What would you say? I... When you said with my theme, I thought, oh, you're talking about my 13-year-old. Oh, no, no, no. It's like, wait, who was naked in that? I don't remember that. <laughs> no, just with your upcoming projects. So. Yeah. Um, so uh, then a uh, couple other ones, uh, All the Right Moves and The Right Stuff. A uh, couple of right movies there. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Eddie and the Cruisers. I, I actually liked Eddie and the Cruisers, and I love the music from it. I, I have the soundtrack in downstairs, so. Um, and then I did, I did actually have DC cab on my honorable mention list because, <laughs> nice. you know, Mr. T, um, and then, uh, sudden impact was the last one I had on my honorable mention list. Cause dirty Harry absolutely love the dirty Harry movies. Uh, love every single one of them. And sudden impact was actually probably one of the last ones I saw. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see them in the order that they actually came out. So. Uh, I didn't know that, you know, I heard Sudden Impact and then I heard, oh, it's a Dirty Harry. Like, I actually thought Dirty Harry was the first one. <laughs> um, so, so that, that, that's all on my list. Um, and I have a feeling my honorable mention lists are only going to get longer and longer as we get farther and farther into the 80s. So, because I was watching a lot more movies as we go more into the decade. And I know 84 yeah, is going to be really tough. <laughs> 84? Which one's going to be tough? 80, I think it's 84, maybe 85. Why? Well, it's next. Yeah. What for? I think okay. there's just so many in that year that I was a huge fan of that it's either 84 or 85. It's one of those two. It might even be both of those years that I think are pretty I was, tough. I was full-blown full puberty, so you have to look out. <laughs> well, there's going to be your theme. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Top five booby shots in film. <laughs> You know, going through this list, though, it was amazing. The first time I, I, I kind of just scanned through the list, I'm like, okay, there's Return of the Jedi. That's an easy one. And then I started looking. I'm like, 
what are all these movies? I've never seen any of this. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it, I was like, my God. Yeah, it's interesting when you go through uh, the list, because the list that we use is from a website called The Numbers, and uh, it gives you each year. And they basically go by month by month through that year. Yeah. Well, the blockbusters don't start coming out until like April or May. It's Christmas and May. It's yeah. Christmas and May is when all the, all the good, and that's what I did. I started concentrating there. I'm like, okay, there's some movies I've seen, but some of these, it's just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right there with you. See, I do it on Wikipedia and it was an alphabetical. Oh, okay. So it's a little easier because you don't get that sense of, yeah. you know, oh, this was the big time of the year. I mean, you just kind of like go through and, it's almost like discovering them as you go through the yeah. list of like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, and what I do is I, I will go month by month through it, and I'm actually a lot of times pleasantly surprised by some some movies because I'm like, oh, wow, that came in February? That's probably not a good month for a movie, but I remember loving that movie. you know. So there's things like that that go through my head when I'm looking through the list. So, um, But, yeah, I go, I go line by line. I look at every single movie, and just like you said, though, Chris, there's a lot where I'm like, I have no idea what that movie is. But there's a lot too in between some of those that I'll be like, oh, I know, I know that one. So yeah. Well, I started going through, and I was like, okay. First, I went through. I'm like, okay, which of these have I heard of? Okay, now which of these do I remember? Yeah. Because <laughs> Return of the Jedi was easy. It was at the top. It's like as soon as I saw like, it's the first one, I recognize it's number one just because what it is. Yeah. And then I started going through, and I'm like. I mean, it wasn't until like the third time through that I saw the Christmas story that was actually on that list because I kept thinking it was an earlier movie. Yeah. Well, and I definitely – the ones on my top five are ones that I own on DVD. I own all these, and I've watched all the ones on my top five several, several times. Uh, yeah. There was no doubt in my mind that I would remember what these movies were about. So. <laughs> well, the only one that I had – Is the ninja one. Yeah. And again, it's because there's – if you – if you watch five ninja movies from that time period, they're pretty much oh, yeah. really similar. Renegade Ninja, Ninja Clan comes after him. Yep. That's the story of the movie. It's like Chuck Norris. Somebody pisses off Chuck Norris, they beat him up, he comes back at the end of the movie, kicks their ass. Yep. Wasn't everything that way, though? Oh, like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> and the Incredible Hulk was, don't get involved, David. David got beat up. The Hulk shows up. You know, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Like, David, if you just mind your own business, you'd probably be fine. Just, yeah. just walk out, man. <laughs> the other thing is back there in those days, a lot of those movies you went to see the actor. It was yeah. it was you know Charles Bronson, Chuck Norris, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. You, it was the new. It was a new Schwarzenegger movie that year. You didn't really care what the heck it was. You went and saw right. it because it was Schwarzenegger. Right. Uh, you went to saw it because it was Clint Eastwood. It, these guys, they they weren't really playing roles; they were playing themselves, playing this other character. Yeah, and that that's what the whole parody of Last Action Hero was. It was oh yeah, them parodying this whole idea that it's the actor you're going to see. It doesn't matter if it's a crap movie or not. Yep. Well, and and that's what I'm actually grateful for with movies nowadays is that there's very few times now that I notice where people are gravitating to a movie because of the actor in it. They're more so these days gravitating towards a movie because it looks like it's going to be a good movie or it doesn't look like it's going to be a good movie. Um, yes. If you hear certain names in a movie, you're like, okay, I know that person can act really well and it helps, but you don't, you don't have this huge of a draw. Like you were saying, Chris of those early days where it was like, okay, it's a Schwarzenegger movie. I'm going to go see it. 
it's more so nowadays it's like, okay, I'm going to go see the next Marvel Studios movie because I know I yeah. like the Marvel Studios movies. So, Well, I mean, and there's actors that transcend it. Like Sean Connery always played Sean Connery, but he's a good actor who does a He's cool as hell. Broad variety of movies. <laughs> but if you think about it, if you see uh, Hunt for Red October, he doesn't have a Russian accent. He's a Scottish guy speaking red- Russian. Yeah. Yeah. Or the really funny scene, my favorite one was in Highlander, where he's playing a Spanish guy sitting in the boat with a guy who's French, and the French guy is trying to explain to the Scottish guy what haggis is. <laughs> the French guy's Belgian, so that's even better. Belgian, but still, you, you get, you, you still get the idea. You know, and, you, and neither one of them have here. the right accents. So yeah. What'd you say, Shannon? I said I was having a Poirot moment because they're always calling him the little frog Frenchman. And he's like, I'm Belgian. <laughs> it's like the whole shtick with your cute Poirot. Poirot. On the Orient Express is a Poirot. Shannon's drunk. Um, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else to be said about the year of 1983? Uh, I was going through puberty. You were, yeah, we know. <laughs> oh, okay. Just in case you missed that. Oh, no, I think that's perfectly clear. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. I can I tell you I was what 11, So, so uh, like, Return of the Jedi hit right at that right time, you know, because, you know, with kids and stuff. So a lot of these movies I didn't see till years later just because, like, 11-year-olds with good parents didn't get to see Scarface. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Well, oh, mine let me, <laughs> um, I do have some, uh, top five lists from, uh, some people that we know very well. Uh, and I apologize. I don't have my email up open in front of me to, uh, for some other people's top five lists. I will say them in the next episode, what people had from 1983, but I had my phone by me, which has, uh, Chuck, Travis, uh, and I think even Sam, uh, or no, Nick provided their top five. And uh, so we have, I wanted to run through those real quick. For Travis, his number five was Mr. Mom. His number four was War Games. His number three was Risky Business. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know who's in that. (laughs) Yes. Never mind. Never mind. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise in his underwear. Um, uh, that's not what I was thinking about. <laughs> that's what, but that was what Ryan was. That's thinking what about. Travis was thinking about. Um, his number two was when Travis. Did say it? <laughs> you didn't see the text message. Uh, <laughs> his number two was Return of the Jedi, and his number one was Scarface. Uh, for Chuck, his number five was Octopussy. If you're, you shouldn't be shocked by that. Uh, number four is Scarface. His number three was Big Chill. Uh, his number two was Christmas Story, and his number one was Return of the Jedi. Nick's was number five was a Christmas Story. Number four was Octopussy. His number three was Evil Dead. His number two was Scarface, and his number one was Jedi. And then uh, let's see here. I did get let's see. Uh, Scott Kruger, uh, one of our listeners, sent his number five was The Right Stuff. Uh, his number four was A Christmas Story. His number three was Twilight Zone, the movie. His number two was War Games. And his number one was Return of the Jedi. He also gave some honorable mentions to The Entity, Something Wicked This Way Comes, mm. The Dead Zone, uh, Cujo, 
Risky Business, and Blue Thunder. And he said, never quite realized just how many horror movies I liked. So, And wasn't Dead Zone also King? Yes, it was. yes, yep. absolutely. So he had, he had three years. That was kind of the start of his role as mm-hmm. far as like getting, getting movies from his books. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, Sam, uh, he uh, has, I'm assuming this is the order. It's Mr. Mom is his number five. Number four is Christmas Story. Uh, his number three is War Games. His number two is Evil Dead. And his number one is Return of the Jedi. And he just wrote them with commas, so he didn't really have numbers next to him. But I'm kind of finding it hard to believe that Mr. Mom would be his number one. So <laughs> It's only because the number one is the number one. <laughs> that is not why. That's why. That is not why. He, why. he can correct me later. Uh if if Mr. Mom was his number one, uh, I'll be happy to retract that. Even if it's not, I think you should call and say it was. Because <laughs> you are. All right. So that's, uh, so that's some top fives from some of our listeners. Like I said, I know there's a few more out there. So I will have those for next time when we when we get together to record. So anything else anyone wanted to throw out there before we, we call it a night? Uh, nope. Great talking to you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> for the soccer game hope you got kicked in the butt (laughs) damn so uh, one thing I wanted to throw out there too uh, before we close up completely uh, I got a lot of positive response to the battle files that I did of Snake Eyes Uh, got some nice constructive feedback from some people as well uh, which I I definitely going to take and and use for the next uh, character that I do these those will be in between episodes uh, that I it's just to help people kind of learn the history of some of these characters that we talk about on the show. I already have a character for the next one. Uh, in fact, that episode who knows might come out before even this one comes out. But someone did give me a suggestion saying maybe have some of the listeners vote on who they would like me to cover next. So uh, if you're in our Facebook group, I will put a poll out there on the Facebook group for people to uh, vote or like just to comment on who they would like me to give a summary of uh, as far as a character. You could pick a popular character. You could pick a really obscure character. I don't care. And it could be from any property of the 1980s or from Star Wars. Um, so, you know, you throw anything out there and I will give you the Cliff Notes version history of that character. Does that include Teddy Ruxpin? Sure. <laughs> You got to get Jason Duvall on if you're going to do that one. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's like the expert on that. Yeah. Part. No. If, if hey, anything's fair game. You could throw uh, you know strawberry shortcake in there. Whatever. I don't care. The furskins. Sure. <laughs> or as we call them, the foreskins. I was going to say. <laughs> you know, I was 13. Uh, <laughs> I was that. But uh, you know, those are short enough. You could almost do two of them in a show, depending on the characters, too. Hey, 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 hey! Don't be insulting me like that. <laughs> I was talking about the yeah. battle files. Yeah. Well, and the idea is to keep them short, so it depends on how short the the the. <laughs> information is on the character like i know the next one i'm going to do i don't think there's a lot of material on the character but uh there's a reason i'm doing that character so um but yeah like i said i'll put it out there and people can just 
vote by commenting which character they want, and I don't care who it is, and whatever gets the most votes, that'll be the next one I do. And uh, we'll just kind of do it that way. And sometimes there'll be ones where I, I do it just because it's relevant to maybe something we're, that's in the comics right now or in the movies or whatever. So, um, But other than that, uh, Chris, how can they find your artwork? Uh, it's crashmurdoch.db.com. You want to repeat that one more time? Because yeah, broke it out a little bit. <laughs> okay. It's Murdoch. Dot .deviantart.com Try it one more time. So breaking up? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. It's look down below in the show notes and it's right there. <laughs> it will be in the show notes. So <laughs> It's Crash Murdoch at D- it's Crash Murdoch.deviantart.com. There you go. There we go. All right. And uh, John, how can they find you? Uh, well, if you're Robert, you're probably standing outside my window, but uh, <laughs> You can always find me on That's why you can be on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, John Thurmond and Twitter, that John Thurmond. This whole thing's falling apart at the end, isn't it? <laughs> Never. But if you want to learn more about Shannon's puberty, apparently we just watch movies from 83 and 84 before we go. Right. What more does anyone need to know? <laughs> and Shannon, where can they find your stuff? Do a fucking Google search. <laughs> It's actually what I did today. Or it's actually what I did today because I was uh, the last time I was on this show. You you, you had one. Of, you had an artist from the Transformers. Oh yeah. And I hadn't read anything or seen his art, and I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, okay, look, yeah, you're a great artist, dude. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Never seen your stuff, but you're awesome. I think that's when we had yeah. Andrew Griffith on. So yeah, might have been. Yeah. I actually had to look some stuff up while we were talking because I had no idea who he was. <laughs> Um, so it was slgallant.com, right? No. No? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was like, I, just, I just wanted to say do a fucking Google search again. <laughs> I've been waiting all night to say that. So uh, with this probably being the last episode that comes out before the Christmas holiday, you know, I want to wish everyone out there uh, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. I'm going to wish you a Merry Christmas because that's what I celebrate. Um, guys, I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. I want to wish Robert, who couldn't be here, the ghost of Christmas podcast, I guess. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, want to wish, I want to wish all you guys a Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a great time with family and friends and, and everything. And I look forward to doing more episodes in the new year. Um, I, I, I think we have an awesome team, and I think it's just going to be even more fun figuring out what's going to be the next hilarious, funny thing in 2016. So um, that's, that's all I really have to say. I don't know if you guys want to throw out your holiday wishes and whatnot to the listeners. Ryan, I, I would like to, I want to thank everybody for listening and really have, uh, this has been a, an absolute joy to be on the team officially now for the last few months uh, regardless of what you celebrate, I hope you're enjoying it with your family and your friends. Um, for those of you that you know are away from home or away from folks, uh, I hope we can be a, a little bit of respite and, and know that uh, you know that we're out there and, and we're thinking of you. But uh, again, I hope everybody enjoys their time with their with their family and friends. Be safe this time of year. You know, people kind of in the in the midst of fun and frivolity sometimes they 
uh, either partake a little too much or or just kind of lose sight and you know obviously be safe whenever whatever you do uh, have somebody there to to uh, take care of you if you uh, do enjoy too much and I look forward to uh, to doing more in, in in the in the new year as well. Awesome. That was directed at me, wasn't it? <laughs> Admit it. You know I love you, Uncle Shannon. Uncle <laughs> Shannon. I'll, I'll just say, God bless everyone. <laughs> you want to try that one more time since you broke up? Did I cut out? I cut out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> God bless everyone. Much better. <laughs> and don't shoot your eye out. Yes. Let's shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> Chris, any uh, holiday wishes you want to throw out there for people? Oh, yeah. Just Merry Christmas to everybody and happy holiday to all the heathens. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. And let's go ahead and wrap this show up. All right. Well, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us on uh, Facebook. Uh, there's a group page where you can request to become a member and I'll approve it. And you can like the fan page and you'll get news updates on various things related to star Joe's. Uh, you can, uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at star Joe's podcast. You can email us at star Joe's podcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail. It's four, four, zero, nine, four, one J O E S four, four, zero, nine, four, one Joe's and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air. Uh, please leave us an iTunes review. We have not had one in quite a while. Uh, and uh, we will uh, read it on the air. What, did you leave us an iTunes review? No. I, I don't. See? No. See? Won't even review your own show. Um, <laughs> does that count? <laughs> sure it does. They all count. No. All right. Um, and uh, let's see. We're, uh, we're, on, we're with the GeekCast Radio Network. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio. It's a free app for your mobile devices. There is also a Podbean uh, app that you can get for your mobile devices, and it's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. That is the website that uh, company that we use to post our episodes. Well, they have an app now, and you can download it and get episodes of Star Joes by downloading it. So uh, you can also download and listen to the episodes right from the website as well. So there's just about... 800 different ways you can find Star Joes. Uh, and uh, I think that's everything. Sure. Why not? We'll go with that. Uh, All right. with, oh, Twitter. You can find us at Twitter at Star Joes Podcast. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but uh, never hurts to say it twice. So with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. not crazy it's christmas eve it's it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer we 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 smile a little easier we 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 share a little more for a couple of hours out of the whole year we are the people that we always hoped we would be it's a miracle it's really a sort of a miracle because it happens every christmas eve and if you waste that miracle you're gonna burn for it I know what I'm talking about. You have to do something. You have to take a chance. You do have to get involved. There are people that are having, having trouble making their miracle happen. There are people that don't have enough to eat. There are people that are cold. You can go out and say hello to these people. You can take an old blanket out of the closet and say, here, you can make them a sandwich and say, oh, by the way, here. 
I get it now. And if you if you give, then you then it can happen. Then the miracle can happen to you. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's it's everybody who's got to have this miracle, and it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, you, you the miracle will happen, and then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You just gotta want that feeling, and if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. You'll want it every day of your life, and it can happen to you. I don't. I believe in it now. I believe it's gonna happen to me now. I'm ready for it. And I, it's great. It's a good feeling. It's it's really better than I felt in a long time. I I I'm ready. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody.